We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Um... Yes, that's what I said in a private conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Why you didn't you didn't want you don't want to uh, you, you didn't want to like uh, kind of beat your chest a little? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Um, you didn't. You're not the type. I'm the type. Right. I'm the one. Exactly. I should have been saying that. Right. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit RotoWire.com/soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of RotoWire. Joined by Jordan Cooper on, let's see, it is Thursday, June 7th. We've got one week before the World Cup starts. Jordan, you getting excited? Well, not that, the, I mean, I haven't been playing these international friendlies. Did Ospina get his clean sheet yet? <laughs> I have no idea. Or Courtois got his win. A lot of, uh, it's amazing that people... Um, are not just uh, burning the place down for when there are scoring discrepancies in international friendlies where there could be up to 12 total substitutions. And who knows if the games are even on TV? Weird. Who, know, who knows if Opta even has the games before yeah. they're on the slate? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I will say that more of them have been on TV than I expected. I, ESPN Plus has had a bunch of them. So uh, for those who really wanted to sweat that Russia-Austria game, uh, you had it. So, um, but yeah, World Cup is coming. 
there has been quite a bit of World Cup coverage on a lot of websites, a lot of um, a lot of podcasts. Uh, it seems like there hasn't been a ton about daily fantasy soccer, which is kind of our specialty. So uh, we're going to get into uh, the nitty gritty of each group um, in our, on our next podcast. That's not what we're doing here. Uh, what I really want to do before everybody starts diving in, really diving into their research or looking around and reading everything was kind of just a kind of a review of how we think we're going to attack these slates. I mean, there's kind of a general strategy when it comes to uh, World Cup matches. We, we've we seen it with World Cup qualifiers and some of the matchups will be as as ugly as some of those qualifiers, we think. Um, but then there are, you know, when two very good teams start playing against each other, there's a way to, to take that to your advantage on a slate. So, um, I will say that, uh, FanDuel just opened up their, uh, their, uh, Friday, uh, Friday is really the first DFS day for, for world cup. Uh, if you look at multiple slates and their top GPP is a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed 20 K to first that, that seems pretty big, pretty good, big for me. Well, that no? means uh, I'm going to, I'm going to redeposit there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, mean, I don't I was expect, surprised. I don't expect uh, uh, the, the GPP sizing to last. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 a cynic. I mean, even on DraftKings, I agree. Like, I, agree. I mean, they'll have the 150k, 30k to first uh, on the first slate, and I think it'll go down from there. I mean, I still think the contest sizing uh, will be, you know, bigger than we normally see for Premier League, and I agree. Maybe even Champions League, but I mean. I'm not expecting 150k GPP every day. I'm not expecting another one. No, I'm not. I mean, either. That's, that's <laughs> kind of same for FanDuel. I think uh, the first one will be like that, and they'll scale it down from there. I mean, I mean that's how you get people introduced. Like if they're going to do that slate, and hopefully they they last throughout as much of the World Cup as possible. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but for the most part, I think I think Andrew, you want to do this podcast because uh, you see people coming out of the woodwork. Giving giving analysis on on fantasy, whether it be daily or, I mean the the official like McDonald's FIFA game, just came out. I mean there's all these challenges coming around, and uh, people are giving advice, and you're you you kind of feel like uh, your your turf has been breached. <laughs> um, no, I felt left out that I wasn't contributing. Um, now you said than... you said to me you said to me uh, privately, uh-huh. you said to me privately. It's like let, let I want to do a podcast where it's like oh you. Yeah, you, you know you listen to all that stuff. Like, th- listen to this if you if you if you want to win. Like, you you kind of put it across like, like you're kind of sending a shot out, saying all these people that are coming out. You know that normally you know we'll talk about NFL, right? Talk about NBA, but every four years, all of a sudden they're a soccer fan and they know what they're talking about. But uh, you're 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 sitting there at Rotowire every day making Liga MX cheat sheets. So, like, if anyone knows soccer or fantasy, it's going to be Rotowire. Um, yes, that's what I said in a private conversation. <laughs> Why? You didn't, you didn't want, you don't want to, uh, you, you didn't want to like, uh, kind of beat your chest a little. Uh, I didn't, I didn't. Um, you didn't, you're not the type. I'm the type. See, right. I'm the one. Exactly. I should have been exactly. saying that. Right. I was, I was going to you on though. I was kind of uh, sending you probably. links, sending you links going, oh, let's, let's, let's listen to this, this place. Uh, you know, they, they, they say, you know, look, look at these players and it's like. Okay, if you want to take if you want to take those guys and pay up for that during these matches, feel free to take my head to heads. I think uh, it kind of goes to the core of what this podcast 
tries to be, I hope it is, is that uh, like when we do Premier League coverage, like there are plenty of Premier League uh, podcasts and, and coverage of the league. There's plenty of season-long fantasy Premier League coverage, both podcasts and articles and everywhere. And it just doesn't seem like there is a big community of content providers for daily fantasy soccer, which I mean that the universe is significantly smaller. This is as I've described it, it's a niche of a niche of a niche. Uh, and so it's it's nice to see that more people are trying to contribute with the World Cup coming. And uh, I, a lot of the uh, analysis comes from kind of a generic uh, view of the World Cup and international soccer, which I kind of feel like our the our season long, like the podcast that I do every week with Mike is more of just a general Premier League discussion. And I think a lot of the uh, World Cup coverage is that, which is not bad. I mean, you, in order to play Daily Fantasy World Cup, you have to know who the players are and who's good and who's important. Uh, but I think the goal for this podcast, both when we do other leagues, you know, the domestic leagues and World Cup is to put it in the lens uh, under the microscope of daily fantasy sports. And so, uh, like I said, it's been nice to see a lot of people chipping in and saying, well, this guy will be good on DraftKings, not really knowing anything because no slick prices are out and they barely know who they're playing. And and so I'd like this podcast to to go and help people, yeah, win some money. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, that's what we'll be doing throughout the entire World Cup. With right. Podcast every day and your previews of each slate every day. And uh, I mean, most of it is most of it is free. Right. Most of it is freely available. The podcast is going to be freely available. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, uh, our Slack chat has almost 300 people in it. Like yep. when we talk about like it's seven in the morning and the 8 a.m. game like lineups come out like, uh, you know, yes, they'll be on Twitter and you, you could you could find the lineups are on the official site. Like you're not going to be you're not going to have to search for them. But as far as noticing changes in formation, noticing you like. Uh, like leaving, like if you're going to play this guy since two lineups come out, I mean, cause the games are going to be, it's all different times. So it's like, well, if you're going to pay up in the 8 a.m. game, that means you can't take the high price player in the 2 p.m. game. So, but it's possible that like, for like the second or third games of these group stages that we may get a rotation guy. Like we may get that, if that $3,800 fullback may be playing in the 2 p.m. game. So some people may rush to do that in the beginning, and then if they don't play, then it's like, uh-oh, center back, because there's no one else to pivot to. Like, those types of things are, are what kind of the Slack chat is for, because it's just so quick, and it's not just me and you. It's, you know, 200 other people, Yeah, you know, talking about, you know, what do you think of this? It's not necessarily, like, what do you think of my lineup? It's more of a... They, specifically going, not that. <laughs> right. It's specifically not that. It's like, oh, they're going to three in the back or, or you know, a, 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 or even just simply to help with research on, does anyone have this guy's stats in the Ukrainian league? Yep. Like, do you know if he's ever taken a set piece for whoever? Because we see, and it's like, I, like a lot of times that's the question of, oh, this guy's out and this guy's in. Who do you think takes set pieces? Types mm-hmm. of questions. Yep. And Or these three guys are out, so who... <laughs> Who right. could possibly be on him? Right, and then also with lineup construction of like, well, if I take this guy and then pair him like, like the same way that during the Premier League, you know, I, a lot of times I go, go oh, really, I'm going to take three players from Watford, right? Like those types of construction types of things. 
Uh, I, that's like the intermediate uh, stage of, of, of daily fantasy. It's not just, I mean, we could talk about like focusing on set-piece takers, wide players on DraftKings, cheap fullbacks, you know, punting down at, uh, at goalkeeper, uh, not, you know, goal-dependent forwards are better played for GPPs versus cash. I mean, that's, that's kind of the basics. There, there, have, there are other podcasts out there and other, other sites that, that do, I mean, that's, that's the basic strategy. It's the same thing as like an NBA. You're going to play the guy that's going to play 38 minutes. Like it's, like if you don't know that already, like you're 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 dead. So we want to get past like that that level, and uh, then with the uh, rotowire and the you know getting all the 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 fantasy relevant stats uh, that that rotowire you know because I mean that's that's for subscribers. So like as the tournament goes on, you could you know you could see you know how many how many you know, chances created and tackles and per ninety stats and you know you have it all. Uh, listed out per team and everything that, uh, you know, crosses conceded or whatever, whatever there is. So you could dive even deeper into that. Uh, sometimes, I mean, obviously with small sample sizes, it may and it, it may not matter. But if you want to know what happened in a specific game, like you don't have to watch all the games. It's better to watch the games. You could see, uh, you know, how, how the formations and tactics play out for, for future notice. But uh, a lot of times, the you know the box score just shows goals and assists and yellow cards and substitutions, but it doesn't show that like oh they attacked up this flank for a majority of the game, and that shows in the stats, and you could look at that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, <clears throat> kind of the fundamental reason that we set the stats up the way we did on RotoWire is because usually it's very difficult, maybe not difficult to find these stats, but uh, it. It takes time. Anybody who's like tried to check out stats, I mean, we don't have the Ukrainian league, but even just something as simple as like the Bundesliga, where, you know, it you could find them on a website. If you think, you know, how many crosses did so-and-so send in in his last five games, uh, it takes like 12 minutes on most sites. And with ours, it takes like 12 seconds. And so uh, we'll have all of that stuff for the World Cup. And that's kind of why we we do it, because... Uh, there's just there's so many so many stats out there uh, that kind of cloud what we're really looking for, and so the goal for RotoWire was just to get them all four fantasy players all together. So anyway, um, we when I was talking to you about what I wanted to talk about in this podcast, uh, I didn't I don't want to preview the first slate, um, which is next a week from tomorrow Friday, um, but. Within that slate, there is a, a Spain-Portugal match, which uh, immediately uh, makes people think, well, oh, Portugal's there, Ronaldo, would I play him? And I kind of wanted this podcast to, to talk about how we're going to look at certain slates with guys like Ronaldo when the matchups may not be that great. Um, before I actually get to that, the first question I'm going to say, and even though I said I didn't want to preview this slate, do you think Ronaldo is going to be highly owned for that first slate? Yes. Just because he's Ronaldo, or because yeah, I think he's he's going to be overowned. I think a lot of sharp players won't have him, but yeah, I mean, I I don't expect there to be so much of an influx of dumb people. There'll be there'll be plenty of like newbies and people that may be unaware of kind of the nuances of daily fantasy. They may be good. I mean, they may know the basics, but may you know screw up some constructions, which may be fine for GPP because it's a three game slate. Weird guys can score goals and sure. Anything can happen. Uh, but I think looking in terms like what, what you're saying is, especially in the group stage, where you like 
we know what types of games they're going to be because there's only going to be three types of games. And that you could say that for every group. Obviously, you kind of replace the teams. And depending on the, the strength of the group, uh, the, the, the disparity between the teams may be closer. But I think the three types of games that there are are the one versus two, right? The two top teams that two, are right. expected to advance playing against each other. The two bottom teams playing against each other. And then the heavily favored sides playing against the heavily underdog sides. Yep. The, and then the middle, the middle, I guess the fourth one is the, the, the middle, the two and the three kind of playing against each other. That's a, that would be another type of game. Yeah, it, it obviously depends on the group, and we'll we'll get into that on the next podcast. But some groups are the, the separation between two and three is significant, and so. But you treat that as a type game of like one versus four in the same way. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, that's why that's what I'm saying. You have like evenly matched games. Ultimately, what we're saying is like either you have evenly matched games or you have, you know, wide heavily favored games. Because even the two worst sides against each other, that's an even game. Yeah. Right. And people, a lot of times people don't, they go, oh, two bad teams. It's like, well, there's still, the ball's still going to be moving. Things are still going to be happening in the game. And this is also the game that, like, each team thinks that they could possibly get three points. Yeah, they need to win those. Yeah. Right. And then the top teams, like, that's typically the game that's going to decide who wins the group. So they're going to want to play against each other very well. To them, that that's considered an even game, as opposed to like one versus four. Yeah. When we take when you take a look at uh, Belgium versus uh, Panama, mm-hmm. right? They're in, they're in the same group, right? I'm talking about the Belgium, England, Tunisia, mm-hmm. Panama. Like Belgium, like that's that's a humongous favorite, right? Right. But Belgium, England, yeah, Belgium. I think Belgium will still be like a minus probably two eighty favorite or something. 320 maybe wow, that's uh, high. which is which is still which is still high but not as much as like minus 5000 against Panama or something uh but Tunisia Panama is this is as even as you know you know it, you you'd ra- you'd rather kind of play players in that game than play English players even though England is a better team than the other two teams and that's why when you mention Ronaldo on this first slate is like well Portugal's goals going to be an underdog against Spain. Like, they're the second best team in the group, but they're still going to be an underdog. Portugal may not have the majority of possession. Typically, when we pay up for Ronaldo, he's playing for Real Madrid, and unless they're playing Barcelona, they're favored in every game. Yes. Just to quickly go back, Belgium's plus 140 against England. In that specific game? Yes. Oh, okay, that's closer. I guess a lot of English money going in. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. And I, okay. Well, maybe that means I bet on Belgium. <laughs> I mean, but that that group is actually the one that I was speaking about before, just in terms of the if the top two teams are so much better than the other two. I mean, the the gap between Belgium and England is much smaller than the gap between Belgium or England and Tunisia, who theoretically is the third. Um, and we kind of see that in the in the first group the spain portugal um iran and morocco like spain and portugal are so much better than the other two that um specifically in those groups you don't get the same feel as ones like uh group h colombia poland senegal and japan that 
really, I mean, Columbia is favored in that group, but theoretically any of them could, could finish in the top two, probably not Japan, but you know, it wouldn't be crazy. But so like, obviously the group depends, but I feel like you're ultimately still going back to the fundamental daily fantasy process of who are the favorites on this slate? How big favorites are they? And how much do I need? Right? Right. Pretty much. But I think, I think, uh, when we play in the like the Premier League, for example, I mean we see that a lot with like Manchester City, right? It's like how much Man City do you need? Yep. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's four, sometimes sometimes it's none. Because when we say like Man City versus Liverpool, we look and like yeah, all the name players are in that game, but it's like we look at that Burnmouth Crystal Palace game and go, how do we get six players from this game? Yeah. Because because it's a game with that's going to have. Probably bad defense. Two teams that are probably trying to get out of the relegation zone or, you know, at least get enough points, you know, in the middle of the season or something like that. That, yeah, Man City and Liverpool may have four goals in it. But they also, I mean, those are teams that, who knows who, I mean, it could be eight different goal scorers that could, I mean, any of them could score two. I mean, it's it's those type, those types of situations. So that's yeah. why when you mentioned the first slate of like Portugal versus Spain, it's like I take a look. I take, I take a look at that that first slate, and go like I'm looking more towards like how much Morocco and Iran do I have? Because like Portugal, it depends on how they line up. Like who who I mean, you take Charisma if he play. I mean if he starts because I mean he'll take all the set pieces. But like Spain, I mean they could have three players in that could take set pieces, and Spain mm-hmm. really doesn't. They pass the ball a lot, which is which I guess is great in soccer, but not in daily fantasy. Uh, so they, it's not like they cross all that much, and they uh, accumulate a lot of points. So I don't see going in taking four players from Spain. And then if you go, oh, I, I like Portugal, I'm just going to take Ronaldo. Same way that we do with Real Madrid, and go, oh, you want any Real Madrid? Like, just take Ronaldo and you're good. Like, even if they're like a minus million favorite, like, just oh, pretty much you just take him and be fine. Some people may take Tony Cruz there and, you know, get get whatever, you know, kind of set piece value from that. Uh, but because of that, well, I, the way that I'm talking, it's like, well, if I don't like all that much on Spain and all that much on Portugal, like, well, Morocco and Iran. And the prices are going to reflect the skill of these players. That's the, pr- that's the problem. Like, it really depends. And we, we talk about it on the podcast uh, every week when it comes to Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, whatever, that uh, it depends on how the price, how dynamic the pricing is. Because sometimes we do see that the when two top teams kind of play each other, they do dynamically price them down yep. against each other. And then we also see where, where uh, you know, none of the top teams are on, like, the slate, and we have, like, a $9,800 Johan Berggood-Munson or, or, or a $9,200 James Ward-Prowse and go, really? Are we going to pay that much for that guy? Right. Right? But, I mean, but those are the players where it's like, if he's 5800 he's locked in. Because he's normally going to be that on a slate where there are other top teams. So that's why looking at those types of situations in the group of big team versus small team, and then the big teams against each other. And I think a lot of people uh, that may not know as much of the nuance of daily formats that if the pricing is going to be this, if, if Ronaldo's going to be priced at 11 K, no matter who they play, it's like, well, Ronaldo versus Iran. It's like, that could be a cash play. 
Sure. Ronaldo, Ronaldo versus Spain is like I, that's a that's even a GPP fade. Like yeah, oh yeah, Ronaldo could score a brace against Spain. You're right, but I mean, if he's going to be forty percent owned, like I'd rather bet that the that an underdog side doesn't have a guy that has two goals in it. I'll I'll take you know I'll take uh, an Asmoon or something for like whatever five k or something, and then pay up for guys that have more peripheral value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think the Ronaldo Real Madrid uh, comparison is is totally right only because uh, Ronaldo Real Madrid has probably never been plus 320 against anybody. Right? Right. Well, that's the point that I'm making. Right, yeah. Okay. Portugal's typically favored. I mean, uh, uh, Real Madrid is typically favored. Right. Just like Barcelona. If, like, Barcelona is going to be higher favorites against nearly every team than Argentina is going to be against any of these sides. I mean, even I mean, maybe maybe Iceland, but I mean, we see in in La Liga where Barcelona plays the bottom end of the La Liga table, and Barcelona is a minus twelve hundred favorite. Yeah, and uh, Messi has you know his goal scoring odds to score two goals is over fifty percent. Right, like even like Argentina versus Croatia isn't going to be that, and I don't think Argentina versus Nigeria is even going to be that. And Iceland is a good enough defensive team. That I don't think, I mean, Argentina may be a minus, like, 900 or something favorite. No, nope, you're way off. Well, what, uh, what are they? Argentina is minus 275 against Iceland. Okay, see, that's all. I'm, I'm yeah. way off in the other, I'm way off in the, On, in the other I'm, way, yeah. Right, you're They're making minus, my point for me. Right. Yeah, minus 110 against Croatia. And where's the last Argentina? I just had it. I guess it's because of the neutral ground. Like, Barcelona doesn't get, you know... Like the club two twenty five against Nigeria minus right. two twenty five, right? So the the home factor doesn't, you know, we see except that with for the road Russia, side. Or obviously except for Russia. No, I'm so, saying yeah. you actually. I think you actually do see it with Russia though. Like right, their their odds are much better, be, even though they're not that good of a team. Yeah, they would be. They wouldn't even be close to these odds if this match was played anywhere else. Right, but you're making my point for me. I I kind of erred in the other direction of like yeah. Like, oh, I mean, to me, only minus 800 sounds like a heavy favorite. But, I mean, we see Barcelona as higher favorites. Yeah. In, in But the point is still the same, that Messi for Barcelona is not the same as Messi for Argentina. Yes. As far as, like, uh, daily fantasy playability is concerned. Yeah, it's not quite as... I mean, it, it's still pretty dominant, but not the the odds are not quite as dominant. Well, only because it's a th- these are going to be three game slates. Yep, like champions, like it's more closer to Champions League to me. Later stage Champions League, right? Later changed, right? Yeah. When 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 Barcelona is playing uh, uh, Bayern Munich, not, or something. yeah. I mean, in slate size, it is, but I mean, we're still there's still plenty of overwhelming favorites in. Like right. Belgium, Pan- Belgium's minus seven hundred against Panama. Like right, but that's the game. That's the game where you you plug in. That's the game where I want to take two Belgians. Except England's minus three hundred against Tunisia. Yeah, I th- but I think there's less people that I think in on that type of slate because remember these three game slates. It's not going to be like you can get two group game and then one of the other group. So it's not always going to be like tip. I, I think right. I mean you're going to get two and then one. Two so and like one. the yeah. right the next slate it would be like France, Denmark, Peru, Australia, and then like one of Argentina or whatever that mm-hmm. uh, however that group comes out. Uh, but but like yeah, but, but but to me like England is is kind of like 
You take Harry. Kane, you could take Harry Kane and be good, or you take Harry Kane and and the and the fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, but like Belgium, like if you want the floor for Belgium, you go like uh, uh, De Bruyne and Mounier, right? You do something like that. Uh, yes. Right. You you forego for cash. Yeah. Right. For cash. Yeah, right. You forego Hazard, Lukaku, or Mertens. Yep. Knowing that Belgium could score three goals, but like it could go through all three of those players. So you don't know. I mean, it could be Mertens could have a hat trick and Lukaku sitting there with three points and Hazard sitting there with four points for 10K type salaries. Yeah. And De Bruyne has two assists and 11 crosses and three fouls draw. I mean, he has 15, 20, 20 points without a goal type of thing. And Mounier, clean sheet and a couple, you know, peripherals like that. But that's what I, that's what I mean by like, just because they're the favorite, if there's multiple like the value of like guys like Messi and Ronaldo is that they they score goals so much at at a higher rate in comparison to their teammates. Like that's that's a concept in daily fantasy of like what we see a lot of times for Man City where it's like Sané, Aguero, Sterling. It's like Aguero does score more goals than Sané and Sterling, but in any given day in any given game, Man City could score four goals and Aguero has zero. Mm-hmm. Right, there's right, and, and that would be normal. So that's why I take a look at teams like Belgium, and go, like, you you're probably not going to be able to afford three of them, in one lineup. To go like De Bruyne, Lukaku, and Mertens or something or Hazard, right? Now if they win five six nothing and the other games on the slate are low scoring, you'll be fine. But you have to get the concentration of goals, and that's why I said for for England. Like, with, with teams that have, like, just a sole center forward, it's easier to see, like, if they score a goal or two, it's more likely to come through this player versus a team that has, like, three, that are playing a 4-3-3 with three goal scorers up front. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it just, we have to see what happens throughout the day. How much do you think the staggered starts are going to not affect people because they obviously affect them, but, like, how... How much? How much are you going to be planning, based on the staggered starts? For the first game, I'm going to have to plan. The second game, probably not so much, because you don't know who's going to start. I mean, you've seen these right. friendlies, but you're not exactly sure. The third game, we're probably going to have four game slates because it's going to be two games starting at, one, at ten and two other games starting at two p.m. Eastern. Because they Which, have to play at the same time because it's the last group game. They don't want to give oh, the last advantage. Ones, yeah. Right. So most likely they're going to be four-game slates. Yeah, I would think those would be four, yeah. Right. But for those, it may matter. Like, if the 2 p.m. game is between a, a group, a, 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 a team that has six points versus a team that has zero, like, you may see rotation there. Yep. Right? Like, that's that's the planning aspect of that. You want that game to be a 10 a.m. game, the first game before lock, mm-hmm. rather than the late game. But I mean, I don't, th- I don't think you know if if Argentina is playing at two p.m. and you're like, uh, I don't know if Messi's going to be in. Like, you, this is the World Cup; he's going to be in. Like, <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. It's those, it's the, it's the role players. If you were banking on, 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 you know, like Argentina's, like I really, for some whatever reason, want to play Avar Benega. Like, he may not start. Mm-hmm. Like, where he, may I would say or- Argentina specifically, it's anybody but Messi could be rotated. Right. 
But I mean, for daily formats, a lot of I mean the the the, the floor guy for Argentina is Angel Di Maria. Mm-hmm. For the most part, but for the most I part, mean, but he doesn't have to start. I mean, exactly. You could see a lineup without Di Maria or Benega in, and you see sure. you know Deba- You see a front three of like Higuain, Dybala, and Messi, and then like, but then you see like Lucas Biglia in yep. there. Sure could. And you go, it's possible he's going to be taking all the set pieces. It's also possible that Messi does. Right. And then now now he has the highest floor and the highest ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and depending on who they're playing, like, it, you know, against Iceland, who may, you know, play very bunkered style. Like, it's like they, they, they may have like 27 set piece opportunities. Right. Between fouls and corners and all that. That's like. And probably uh, looked at Biglia maybe like forty two hundred or something, and you're like, ah, if the lineup comes out the way that, that it could come out, like that's going to be the value play. But then, then, then you see Di Maria, and and and, and then now, now it kind of fractures everything. Those are the things that I would be planning for. But those type of players, but they, it's all specific to the teams. It's not something that I it's, you can't say generically, like Denmark, like Ericsson ain't sitting. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it. Well, who takes set pieces if Ericsson doesn't happen to start? Well, he's going to start. Like, you don't have to worry about that unless he gets injured. I was going to say, and if he's injured, you probably stay away from Denmark completely. Right, right. Then they're, they're just crap. And then also the lower the lower sides. I like. I really, I pretty much don't care who takes set pieces for Saudi Arabia. Right? Uh, I mean, even in the uh, in the Egypt match? I guess it depends. Yeah, but I'm just I saying say that not... because Egypt plays so defensively that theoretically Saudi Arabia could have a little more possession. True. No, that that, that makes sense. I mean, we'll get to the, the individual slates yeah. as the World Cup goes on. But thankfully, that I'm... one they, they start off on a on an island in the first game against Russia. But that'll be a fun showdown slate: Russia, right. Saudi Arabia. Well, that 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 in the showdown you'd care about it because I mean you don't have to take you have to. Yeah. Right. Uh, but but I'm just highlighting the aspect of like the bigger the underdog that they are. I mean, this may be a basic concept for most people that already listen to the podcast that the bigger underdog they are, the it's it's not like other sports where like both teams are going to get equal. But even in NFL, you go, well, one team is going to blow up the other team. But these then you take the the underdogs wide receivers because they're going to have to pass the ball a lot. You wouldn't take their running back, right? The guy that runs out the clock. But in soccer, it's like the whole game, they may never have the ball. Picture right. a, an NFL game where after you score a touchdown, you get the ball back. <laughs> right. And then you go, it's the Patriots versus the the community college. And go, okay, who do you take from the community college? Like, well, I'm not going to take the running back because they're not going to be running out the clock. Well, I'm going to take the wide because they're going to have to pass more. But they're not going to they're not going to have the ball. So when are they ever passing? Like, mm-hmm. like so that, that's kind of the point that I'm making of, like, typically the underdog sides are where you find, like, the punt play, if you need it, type of thing. Like, I'd almost rather, uh, sometimes, depending on the slate, there are three-game slates, so you only have six teams to choose from, that uh, I'd rather, for cash, fit in a cheap underdog fullback than play like a defensive midfielder from the favorite side at the same price. 
Okay. Well, I'd rather use my def- my defender slot. Oh, okay. To pay down, and not play a defensive midfielder that has very little upside and about the same floor anyway. Like in GPP, yep. I'll I'll play the favored defensive midfielder. You can just call him Fernandinho. It's okay. You can just say it. Or whoever, Casemiro. <laughs> I mean, t- I, I I mean they're not gonna. Pl- I don't think they're gonna play together. They could, I guess. But that's why looking at formations. I mean, yeah. I think that's 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 something that is is rarely talked about when you when you listen to other podcasts that preview games. I mean, they talk about systems and stuff, but there are distinct there are distinct formations and systems that are more advantageous for daily formats than others. Mm-hmm. So it's at very important. Yeah, or at least at least draft. But not even, no, even I guess FanDuel, more, Yeah, yeah, even Fanduel. I mean, uh, although, I mean, they have the little proclivity. I mean, you kind of want more central players on FanDuel, mm-hmm. typically, only because crosses don't matter. Uh, and similar for Yahoo, uh, with, with tackles and things like that. But, I mean, the three center backs versus a four-man back line, wing backs, one single center forward versus, you know, like two se- two forwards up top. Like, I take a look at Uruguay and go, uh, like... It's kind of hard to, like, it. do I pick Cavani? Do I play Suarez? Yes, that's going to be like a tough it, one. Right, that's like pick one. They, they both could score. They both could not score. One could score three and the other could score zero. Uh, that's why I don't think either will ever be cash plays. Really? Even, but even against, so, so against Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on who else is on the slate. How do I how do I take Andrew? How do I take both I'll, Cavani I'll, and Suarez? Well, I'll tell you exactly what the slate is. Okay, It'll, tell me. Wednesday, June twentieth. It's uh, Uruguay against Saudi Arabia. Uruguay is minus five hundred. Uh, it's Portugal Morocco. Portugal minus one sixty seven. Iran Spain Spain minus five fifty. Yeah. The, how, how the hell do I how do how do I play Cavani or Suarez on that slate? That's a tough slate. Yeah. That's a really tough slate cuz I'd rather play like I'd You'd rather, rather play, play Ronaldo again as a one minus 167 favorite than Suarez who's minus 500. Right, only because, because of Cavani. Because, right, because of Cavani, right, because there's two forwards up there. That's I think that's that highlights the concept that I'm talking about. Hmm. Of like two forwards that both are skilled enough to score. If they were the sole forward, I'll take them over all of anyone. Mm-hmm. If it was just Cavani or just Suarez up top, Give it. Give me them over Ronaldo. Okay, right. But when there's two, it's like they cannibalize. Like the and they and they're both goal dependent. So it's like either I'm going to get a goal or I'm not going to get a goal. That's why I look at that slate that you mentioned and go Spain Iran and I go give me Isco. Right. I mean, I even look in like if they if, if Costa is the lone forward, I almost rather take Costa than either Cavani or or uh, Suarez. I'll take Arascada or something. I'll take someone like that. For Uruguay, I'll take their fullbacks. Kind of, if Maxi Pereira's in, maybe I'll take a fullback like that or something. Carlos Sanchez, those type of players. Or you don't agree with me? The silence. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna. We'll we'll have to see at that point. I. I... They're not humongous. That we're talking minus five hundred is not like humongous, right? It's much bigger than minus one sixty seven. 
Like I almost think you're better off with peripheral Portugal guys, not, not peripheral in terms of peripheral stats. No, I'm not, I'm not saying I I wasn't against that. I'm talking about from on the top end. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. I'll see what I feel on next. Well, I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm talking about in (laughs) comparison to one another, like to me for a cash for a cash, you know, I fade all the goal dependent players. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, I'm. I'm talking about if you're gonna pl- like, if you're thinking in terms of do I play Cavani or Suarez, I go. Well, if you're considering playing a goal dependent player, maybe it's better to play Ronaldo or Costa, because they're more likely to be concentrated rather than have to guess. Mm-hmm. It's more of a guessing thing. Like they're Cavani and Suarez would be both in in a better position, minus five hundred favorites. You're right, but are you gonna play both? Like that seems risk for cash. That, that seems uh, crazy. Certainly, yeah. a, a nonsense. I mean, they would have to win five nothing for that. But even in GPP, like you're going to pick one or the other, right? You, I mean, but but if you're going to do, you're just guessing. You better make lineups with one of the two in them, and just whatever it is. I mean, we say even in the finals for the NBA, it's like like you're not going to you don't play Curry and Durant together, but like you play one of them. And then one has a humongous game, and the other one doesn't do anything or, mm-hmm. or whatever. It ends up being one's worth it, one's not worth it. Or sometimes they need, neither of them make value. And you're like, I shouldn't have taken either of them, even though they won. Like, I think that's, that's, that's another point is that, like, just because the team is heavily favored and wins doesn't mean you, you got the points out of it. Like, just going and taking the, the, the best play. I mean, if the top players are also the high floor players— well, then you plug that. That's why we talk about Christian Eriksen. That's why we talk about Neymar. Like, to me, Neymar on Brazil, I mean, he's the top highest floor player for the high, the biggest favorite of any team, right? He thinks he's the most valuable player in the whole World Cup for daily formats. I think that's right. Right? Okay, you agree with I mean, Yeah, I was trying oh, to think oh. of someone else, but... Because, like, you go on Germany and you go, well, who's the lock and load there? I mean, Belgium is like De Bruyne, but I mean, De Bruyne's pretty close, the, yeah. But yeah, but he doesn't have goal upside because mm-hmm. he has three great attackers with him. You go Argentina, like Messi, like great for goals and some peripherals, but typically doesn't take set pieces other than free kicks. Ronaldo's goal dependent, although he take a bunch of shots. I mean, that's Portugal; they're not even a big. Like Spain has a million midfielders. Mm-hmm. Then any of them are are fine, and they don't even if they unless they have set pieces, they don't generate that many peripherals. And you go, and you go, who, France, Griezmann, I guess, mm-hmm. to some extent. But, like, Neymar is going to do ever. I mean, I mean, Brazil is going to be kind of, like, it's going to be Neymar taking everything. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be a heavy favorite, against, right. like everyone. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, t- I look at James, mm-hmm. right, on Colombia. But they're not going to be a huge favorite against anyone. They're going to be favored, but not humongously. But yeah, still, when you group. think, of, yeah. But when you think of Colombia, you go, "I'm taking home. Like who else? You don't take Falcao in cash, not in cash, no. Right. Same for Poland. Like Poland, I mean, typically you'll go, you know, Blazikowski or Groziski. Mm-hmm. But still, that's typically muddied set piece situation because Zelensky will be in and he'll take corner kicks mm-hmm. or something. Now Lewandowski is the guy that that's. You know, Lewandowski is the the guy that you take against Japan. His better matchup. That's 
the, the a higher goal dependent players, their better matchups are against the highest underdog sides. What do you think that line is? I happen to be Pol- looking at it right now. Poland, Poland, Japan. Japan. I'm gonna guess Poland's uh, minus one fifty. Oh, okay, that was pretty close. Okay. One eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they're they're closer than. The way you were saying it, I thought you were going to say like minus six hundred. No, no. Because you're you're saying Lewandowski is the obvious play against Japan. It's like, well, game's a little closer than. Right. If you're telling me Uruguay is a minus five hundred over Saudi Arabia, there's no way that's anything close to Poland Japan. Right. Yeah, I believe that Belgium Panama game is the biggest. Yeah, I think that's the biggest favorite of the group stage. Minus right. seven hundred. But, but but the research, I think the the research that's most valuable for the whole World Cup for daily formats are these third and fourth sides. Because there will be a game when they both play against each other. Mm-hmm. Their prices are going to be lower. They're going to have to play aggressively against each other. And the ball is going to, you know, that you're not going to be able to play uh, all the play. You're not going to be able to play three Brazilians. In your lineup, you're not going to have the funds for that. So, like, like Brazil, when that group comes around and it's like Brazil, Switzerland, and like Serbia, Costa Rica, it's like that's that's the game where it's like who takes set pieces for Costa Rica? They're going to be an underdog to Serbia, but that's the better shot. When Costa Rica plays Switzerland or Serbia, like knowing that, knowing their system is better for that the punt defender. They may play with wing backs, so you play a guy like you know Oviedo or Matarita or Gamboa, or something, if they're priced down. I mean, I think this is all in relative to their price of mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Because the prices don't move enough, usually, that the matchup changes, but the price remains the same. Let's picture baseball, DFS. Like, you know, uh, the, the, the Cubs are playing uh, the Nationals, and Scherzer's on the mound. And then the next game... It's the Nationals are playing, you know, a fifth starter from, you know, spot starter from the minor leagues. And the Cubs probably, and Anthony Rizzo's price only went up 200, right? Like it went up, but like, like against Scherzer, like he's going to be, you know, you're not going to play any bats against him. Mm-hmm. But in soccer, we typically don't see as dramatically dynamic pricing that you're going to, you're going to find those, you know, that, that, that first, that those first games where it's one versus four. And everyone on the underdog side is, like, really cheap. And then the three versus four game happens, and you'll find, you know, a Niger- you'll find, you know, Victor Moses at 5,200. And right. forward eligible. And forward eligible. <laughs> right? Something like that. I, I Maybe I actually get to play, Andrew. I get to play Victor Moses when other people will play Victor Moses. Every, yeah, a lot of people will play Victor Moses. Right. I play the 4% Chelsea Victor Moses often enough that maybe maybe I get a boost for it. Finally. And then it's Croatia, and then Croatia, you just take uh, your bank on a player with an IC at the end of the name and just hope you get that one right. <laughs> to me, they're the, they're the toughest team. Really? I mean, Modric is the yeah. top option, but I mean... It's it's not like he's 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 that he's not like he's a dynamic playmaker or anything like that. Right? More so for Croatia, though. Yeah, m- more so. You're absolutely right. But he's going to be priced up enough. Like you're going to be paying for a seven k seventy five hundred Luka Modric, mm-hmm. right? In but tough it, it matches be, against Nigeria and Iceland. Right, they're tough matches. But I mean, 
from from a from a upside perspective, I I much rather take like Perisic, mm-hmm. right? And he gets enough peripheral. Like Croatia has a lot of peripheral guys. Yeah, they do. Broz- Brozovic probably be cheaper, probably in the five K range or something. Mm-hmm. But you look at that and you go, like, it's it's the opposite situation of like n- none of these players are goal dependent, but and they all get peripherals. So, I mean, in that type of group matchup, like if Croatia's playing Iceland and Argentina's playing Nigeria or something, like it, that may be the time to play like three Croatians plus Messi or plus Di Maria. Right. And then you play Boses for Nigeria. And you don't play Sigurdsson. I think Moses is going to be more than we think. Who knows? If they keep him at the same price as Chelsea. 5800 or something. We took look at the prices on this up that they released the prices on DraftKings mm-hmm. for for the first slate. And I think there's a very straightforward cash lineup. Um yes, I agree. Right. You could move some defenders around. So yeah. I mean they, they may be two there may be a choice or two to go around, but I think that there there there's there's one or two players that their prices not egregiously soft, but pretty soft. Mm-hmm. I think it will get sharper, though, as the tournament goes on, just because we sure. have some more. And just, just a hint. It's like, well, you, you, that lineup I'm talking about doesn't include Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. Once you put Ronaldo in, that, then your lineup looks... You, you can't get everyone. Mm-hmm. Or you're punting really far down at defense and goalkeeper. We'll get it. We'll we'll get it. We'll get that. into that, right? We'll, we'll we'll get. And also, it depends on how Spain lines up. I mean, there's there's a lot of. I mean, we're only talking about that slate because that's the only one that we have pricing for now. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's the only thing that we could say. We could we could be completely wrong, like you said with Moses. We could come out Victor Moses, eighty two hundred, and you right. go, "I ah, damn it, <laughs> damn it!" Someone at DK knows what they're doing, right? What do you think happens every day? Three game slate and a showdown for the last one. Maybe. I don't know about the show. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I think obviously the the days where there's a six a.m. game, mm-hmm. like that's not going to be on the slate, and that'll be a showdown. Yeah, that's Saturday, like the first Saturday, right. France. Yeah, Australia. but it may right. It may just be a very small showdown because yeah. six in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I think maybe maybe three game slates with the last. And I still think the showdowns are going to be small. It's not going to be yeah big no, showdown agree. whatevers. Uh, but I all all I ask, all we ask, at least you know, as far as doing the preparation and podcasting, is that they come out since they don't have to uh, worry about like the, the pricing, stats from that game, right? The st- right that the pricing could come out as quickly as possible for like I'd almost rather them have the next day's slate pricing like uh, before the, the previous slate is even started. Well, I mean, it started. It's eight a.m. They could post the new slate at 8.15. Right, I that, guess. That's right. all, all day. Right. But I agree. That would be beneficial. Right, as early as possible and just from a from a research perspective and also, you know, so we could post the articles and podcasts mm-hmm. and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just, just so we could gauge, because we're, we're talking about, like, how dynamic is the pricing going to be? How, you know, what the, you know, are they pricing up certain... Are they going to have the players... In the Ross, in, in the in the in the player pool. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> forgot to mention that for the international friendly problems. Right. I'm confident they'll get that right. 
Right. It's not Bolivia. We don't have to worry about, uh, like, all the Bolivian. Uh, we, I, uh, there's, only, there's only three that are here that are even in the roster, let alone starting. Right? It was, it was ridiculous. Right. I saw everyone's tilting. I'm just there with my popcorn. Mm-hmm. Everyone's tilting, going, how do we, how do we, how do we play this slate? Or the slate where, the, where no one accumulated points for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is what you get, people. I don't think you have to worry about it for the World Cup. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. You got anything else? I mean, is there, is there any other, like, specific situations that we'll see come up during the group stage? Obviously, once we get to the, to the knockout rounds, like, I think maybe talk a little bit about uh, the slates get harder and harder. As all the slates are good team versus good team. Yeah, that's when it comes. I mean, it's a very similar format to the Champions League, like you said earlier. And then once we get to the knockout, it's good teams against good teams. And you just have to make your decisions hoping for the best. Right. I also think uh, just to uh, for maybe players that play soccer once in a while and maybe uh, the difference between the World Cup. I think the World Cup is much different. Uh, it may look the same, but is much different than the Champions League. As far as, like, odds are concerned, like teams versus teams, uh, like, we talk about uh, Champions League slates going, like, you're going to need goals, right? Mm-hmm. Right? We, we, That's yep. why we play Messi and Ronaldo. Is like, we look at this, eight, the team totals, you know, totals of three, three and a half, four, and go... You put together your cash lineup, and you go, I'm going to take set-piece takers and peripheral wide players, and you put together your cash lineup and go, I'm going to score 85 points and lose, right? Because someone's going to have a hat trick. Some, that, you know, there's going to be, you know, Ronaldo's going to score two. Messi's going to score. I mean, it's going to be something like that, and you're going to need goals. A Bubakar, right? right. It comes out, you know, you're going to need something. You're going to need goals. World Cup the, typically is a low scoring. Affair. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see a lot of one nothing games. Sure. one one zero zero, which uh, does two things. First off, it makes the goals that much more of a premium. Meaning that uh, you're not going to win a GPP without them. Like on Ch- Champions League slates, like it's impossible to have all the goals, right? 27 goals in eight games get scored. It's like, so, I mean, we, we're in the slack going, uh-oh, so-and-so scored. It's like he's 8% owned. Yeah. And if you have him, you can't have the guy that got a brace. You can't have Andre Silva also. Right, right. Like, we get into those situations. These three-game slates, there may be two goals amongst all three games. Total. Mm-hmm. Right? It may be a forward and a center back or something. It's like, well, you, you ain't winning a 5,000, 10,000-person GPP without having both of them. You'll be finding cash yep. without the goals, but you, you ain't winning a GPP without them. Uh, so finding the goal scorers when you're playing GPP is going to be crucial. You're, I, don't, you're, I don't think you're going to get by on playing the floor players unless they happen to be the goal scorers also. But that's, it's a good correlation of playing a set-piece taker with a forward or a center back if you want to punt, that type of thing. Uh, to get those, since they're going to be at so much of a premium. But that also means to me in cash that goal-dependent players aren't as necessary. That's why that first slate with Ronaldo. Like, unless he scores two goals, I 
it, 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 it's not going to matter, right? I have to fade two goals. Not one. Mm-hmm. I have to fade two. And even even in high-favored matchups, that's why we talk about Belgium. And go, do I play De Bruyne and none of the other three? Or do I play Lukaku? Do I play one of the... It's like, you're, if you get enough peripheral points out of all your slots and you get lucky a goalkeeper, you know, you, you at least get a goalkeeper that gets points and that has a minus four, uh, you'll probably be fine as long as, like, no one's, none of them score two. But if right. Belgium scores two goals and, like, it's one through Hazard and one through Lukaku. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, but, I mean, in GPP, bye-bye, but I'm talking about oh, in yes. cash. Yes. In cash, the likelihood of someone having a cash lineup with those two in them combined is low enough that yes. you're going to make the 55 percentile with De Bruyne's 14 points, no goals, and, like, Another guy that has 10 points. I mean, like, you can make that up in peripherals. Yeah. If a high-owned player has a hat-trick, you're dead. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. But if a low-owned player has a goal, you're not dead. That's why I look at the Cavani-Suarez situation and go, like, yes, if player, if people play them in cash on the slate where they're playing against, like, Saudi Arabia, and let's say Cavani's 20% and Luis Suarez is 20%. Like, if each of them have a goal, mm-hmm. that probably you're not playing against lines without both of them in them. Right. But 40% of the field now will have a goal's worth of points in that slot. If you could make that up with another guy that has a goal's worth of points, you're even with 40% of the field. Mm-hmm. So you're fine. But if Cavani scores two, you can't beat those. Yeah, you're not going to. Yeah. Right. Right. You're, you're on, now you have to try to get to that 55 percentile line. So if you want to guess correctly, go for it. Or if you want to play, you could. Hey, we talk about the capture method. Right. When it comes to big favorites and go, you know, just take take five Man City players and just capture all of their goals. Yeah. And then you do that in Fernandinho scores and <laughs> have him. Uh, you can do that. All I'm saying is that World Cup tends to be lower scoring. So I think the capture method is less prevalent. Overall, that, yeah, I agree. Right, overall, of playing like, you know, of playing three, four Belgians, right? I'm going to play Mounier, I'm going to play De Bruyne, I'm going to play Hazard, I'm going to play Lukaku, and then punt with some Tunisian center back or something like yeah. that. I, ju- I don't see, I don't see get, you getting enough points. That you couldn't have gotten elsewhere, depending on the slate, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I don't see, like, having to take, uh, like, uh, uh, Lewandowski and Falcao together in cash. <laughs> right. In that group. Like, like if they each of them score a goal, great. You're, gonna, you're obviously going to cash, right? But if they each of them score a goal and you don't have them, you're still fine. Right? So, I mean, if someone's playing Lewandowski, James, and Falcao together, like, they probably couldn't fit in, like, a Groziski or a Blazikowski or something like that. They probably don't have any Senegalese players or whatever. Like, you could get seven points here and, t- and eight points there and whatever. Because they have, in order to put together that lineup, they're going to be playing, like, a 3K center back that may have, like, one point. Or a goalkeeper that, you know, that they have to play the goalkeeper against the forwards, Right. right? They have to play the Panamanian goalkeeper 
against the Belgian forwards. And then if they don't get enough saves, then it's like, oh, I got the two Belgian goals and the Panamanian goalkeepers minus four. Since you brought up goalkeepers, do you think you're going to pay up for them? Yeah, uh, short slates. We have pretty clear favorites. Yeah, the shorter the slate, the more likely I'm to pay up. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing Uh, bigger than four. Right, and typically the higher the high price players are the goal dependent players. Mm-hmm. In GPP, I see that, but I think as far as cash is concerned, you know, I'm. But this is my particular style, as as I always say on the podcast is my, and it's sometimes it is a flaw, and it is a leak that I play too conservatively, where, you know, I'm looking, you know, if if it's a three game slate and no goals get scored you'll probably see me at the top of GPPs. Right. Right. If no one scores, like, th- that's what my lineups look like. Look like you look at my lineups and go, when's the last time this guy scored? Mm-hmm. Two years ago? When's the last time that guy scored? Whatever. You know, like those those types of lineups. Because it's like, I'm just taking play. I'm just taking, you know, give me the crossers. Give me the guys that draw fouls. Things like that. Cheap fullbacks. You know that that could get five points. Regard, you know they they end up with a uh, an underdog gets a clean sheet plus five points, like eight points for like thirty eight hundred, right? And then I'm also sitting there with like the six K goalkeeper, right, or something like that, that gets twelve points because right. they get two right two saves and a win clean sheet. Then I'm sitting there with all that, and then he's looking. I have double digit scores like everywhere, and since no one had goals, it's like, well, you're not going to do much with your Cavani too. Yeah, not no. That's that's an that's an overestimate. The Cavani minus a half. There you go. Right. That's that's the that's the Cavani score. Right. Right. You take you take Cavani. He scores two, and you have nineteen points. And you go, how did that happen? It's like, well, six fouls committed in a yellow card. <clears throat> That'll be him. All right. If anybody has any follow-up questions for Jordan, you can find him on Twitter at Blenderhead. That's Blender HD. I'm at Rotowire Andrew. We'll be back next week to kind of blast through our group group preview, excuse me, uh, in order to kind of pick out all the daily fantasy soccer relevant players and kind of make sure we know who to target when the lineups come out and who to avoid. So Jordan, thanks for that. And I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.